Episode 369, Hawkeye, Season 1, Episode 6. So this is Christmas. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to talk about Marvel's Hawkeye. You almost said Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I did! <laughs> I did! <laughs> I don't know why. Like I didn't get the M sound out of my mouth, but it was in my mm-hmm. head. Holy cow. Your cadence. I okay, so this is probably what happens. Hi, I'm Stuart, by the way. Uh this is what happens. And when Samantha's over listen. there too. Hey. Samantha's over there too. I listened to all of those Marvel Agents of Shield episodes, right? And you don't introduce any of the other shows at least not that I can remember, as Marvel's blah da da blah Anything, yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't say Marvel's Daredevil. You don't say I Marvel's don't Hawkeye. So, well, I, I did today. <laughs> you did today. Uh, so, yes, dear listeners. I had S.H.I.E.L.D. on the brain. We were talking about it before the credits. We were talking yeah, about it. It's a, it's a, Patreon patrons know where we're coming from. Yes. They you, got to hear you that. know where... But. You want to know what we're talking about? Be a Patreon. Yeah. You, you'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's on Disney Plus. And it's on Disney Plus. I haven't had a chance to jump back in, but I'm very excited because right now, you know, you have your comfort food TV shows, right? And right now I do have a couple different things that I'll go to as comfort food. Uh, one of them being Star Trek. One of them being Babylon 5 right now. Twilight Zone can be sometimes, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Disney Plus, for some reason, when it was on Netflix, I didn't care. But on Disney Plus, <laughs> I'm like all excited. Like, oh, it's there. I can watch this. I, I don't know why I never felt that way before when it was all over on Netflix. But yeah, right now, very excited. So that's why it almost came out. Have you watched any of Daredevil on Netflix yet? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Well, and so Netflix stuff won't be rewatching for me. It'll be mostly catching up with watching the stuff we haven't watched yet. Speaking of stuff on on Disney Plus that is of questionable MCU ness, is Cloak and Dagger on Disney Plus yet? Uh, I haven't I seen know. it, but it is over on Hulu still. Last Runaways is. Runaways is on Plus. Yeah. What about Cloak and Dagger? Now I want to go here. look. I'll, I'll check. I'll give it a okay. give it a good little look here. Cloak. And no, there's there's nothing. Clone Wars comes up. Clotilda, the last American slave ship, comes up. Mickey and the Roadster Racers comes up. I do like me some Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Cloud Nine comes up. Cloud but, Nine? Is that that? No, that's Cloud Atlas. That is 2014 uh, movie. 
two unlikely friends oh. must overcome self-doubt to achieve their dreams. And it's, uh, looks like snowboarding. All right. Okay. So, huh, Cloak and Dagger's not. That's interesting. That is interesting. Hmm. I would have thought that would have been over fairly quickly. I mean, I don't remember it being too, too graphic. No, I mean, with the whole, everything they're doing with the, the ratings and the parental hmm. controls, it's not an issue. But it was it was that was that freeform? Yeah. Yeah. But that would since it was freeform it it may well then again Runaways, you said, is it's, already on D plus. But Runaways was Hulu Runaways. original. And so yeah. yeah, Cloak and Dagger being freeform from that network, that possibly just means contractually they're they're working on, on a Hulu contract. And Disney is not the sole owner of, of Hulu, so they can't just willy-nilly do whatever they want to with Hulu content. Yeah, I would I would suspect there's some sort of rights issues with it, and yeah. they're just waiting for the contract to run out. And then once it does, they're going to bring it over and call it the Cloak and Dagger universe. <laughs> or the Cloak and Dagger slash Runaway Saga. You know what else is not on Disney Plus yet? Hellstrom is not... On Disney Plus, uh, either of you guys watch the series? Yeah, no. we did. You and I did an episode on it, and I remember it was just. I couldn't remember if you had, wa- had finished watching it though, Samantha. I did. Okay, and right. I'm just gonna <laughs> say it's it's in the multiverse, and we're probably never going to hear from it again. Oh, we are definitely not going to hear from it again. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. There is some news. I don't know the exact date, but soon HBO uh, April, Max is April 5th. Be- April 5th. Star Trek the Motion Picture remastered <laughs> on, on Paramount Plus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, oh, is that on Paramount Plus? <laughs> or yeah. is it a Blu ray? It's Paramount Plus. They're expecting physical <gasps> media will be like December or something. Yeah. Now that increases my level of interest. Because I, I haven't bought physical media in forever because I just, you know, don't yeah. have the space and ability to play it. But that's cool. No, <laughs> what I was referring to was you can stream the the sort of at a perfect time to figure out what the date is. The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Really? Yeah, and HBO Max, it's getting it. Huh. So Incredible Hulk will be April 1st on HBO Max. Okay. Fascinating. Well, there you go. And it'll probably be there for a month because that's usually how it works. And then it goes away. But there you go. Which is weird because that one is still owned by Universal, right? Uh, I can't remember who, but I think it was Universal. Well, we need to talk about Hawkeye. I mean, that's what we're here to talk about is (laughs) Hawkeye and Christmas and Disney Plus and, and Yelena. And Yelena and Kingpin and Kazi and and Maya Echo and and Kate and and Jack and Kate's mom, who I can't remember her name. But this but is where it all comes not together. Bruno. No, we're not here to talk we're not gonna talk about Bruno. And we're not gonna talk about Batman until after the credits. 
The Batman. The Batman. Yeah. I am the Batman. Not just any Batman. The Batman. <laughs> or you can just call him Vengeance for short. He, he doesn't like it when you call him the Batman. He only likes it when you call him a Batman. Casey, that was for you. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Hawkeye. Let's talk about Hawkeye. And so this is Christmas. What have you done? And what have you done? Another another year another year over? Is that right? Older. I don't remember. Older. A new one has begun. Yeah. So happy Ooh, Christmas. Okay, know I'm gonna stop. Words. You know all the words. Right, yeah. That's the <laughs> one that that's one of them that's special for my family because we listen to the, the radio station in the van that plays only Christmas music. And mm-hmm. that one when the when the child's choir kicks in, I sing along. And when my kids were younger, they really enjoyed it with my ad living and singing with the children's choir. Now they don't, but but they used to. They used to. Well, you also have some teenagers in your family. And right. when kids hit that teenage phase, they don't want their parents to exist. So Yeah, you just stop being quite as funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of that. So, this is Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So, this episode, uh, unfortunately, I left the notepad that had my notes in it is in my office at work. I left it there. So, Oh, we're going to have to stop the podcast and you'll have to run home and get it now. (laughs) I'm not not running over to work to get it, but... yeah, the, this episode starts out with a little bit more with Kate's mom and Kingpin, and she wants out. But you can't just get out. You can't just leave Kingpin. So she uh, decides she's just going to do it anyway, and she has protection, you know? What's her protection? She has copies of everything. And Kingpin's not happy about this. Also, Kingpin's not happy that I, I doubted he was in this show, because... <laughs> <laughs> I really did not think this was going to be what we were going to get in this this show. Also unhappy, uh, we've got Maya, who's unhappy because of the things that she heard from Hawkeye uh, about Kingpin and about the timing of the death of her father. And so she's not happy about that. She, on the other hand, she's not trying to get out, but she is trying to, you know, play a little game of chess with old Kingpin. And she's she's saying, I just want some time. I don't care about who killed my dad. Just give me some time. Give me a couple of days off. But Kingpin's not buying it. He talks to Kazi. He knows. He knows. She knows. They've lost her. And she's family. And it actually, there's some emotion in his voice as he's talking about losing her, losing his Maya. So... Yeah. From there, we get to see a montage of making cool explosive arrows. From there, we have Hawkeye and Kate working together to try and, and pull together a team. And so they bring in the LARPers to, to help them. And they go to the Christmas party where it's all going to fall apart. And it does. But they look People good. Shooting. Hawkeye from across the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they do. From across the road, they're shooting at Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye and Kate, you know, they're, they're just trying to trying to stop things, the bad things from happening. And, yeah, he's trying to protect their – they're trying to protect the mom. And this is where we find out that she set up Jack 
and poor guy, he's out of prison already, but he's carrying around a sword. And so as the battle begins, you've got Yelena trying to get Hawkeye. You've got Kate trying to protect mom. You've got Kazi there to kill Hawkeye, to kill the mom, to kill everybody. And so you've got all this stuff happening. There's a battle between Kate and Yelena that's really cute. you got the battle between Hawkeye and Yelena on the ice which is not so cute. It's kind of brutal. You've got Kate confronting Kingpin as Kingpin tries to kill Kate's mom. And so you've got them fighting and you've got Kazi and Maya in a, in confrontation with each other as well. Meanwhile, the LARPers are helping and yeah. I mean, they're practically Avengers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And when the battle is done and the smoke clears, Kingpin is on the ground, possibly dead, but no, he's not dead. He's not dead. Kate, even though it's Christmas, even though her mom wanted out, even though her mom hit Kingpin with a car, Kate still has her get arrested. Yelena and Clint come to an understanding about what actually happened with Natasha and Yelena believes now that, that Clint did not kill her and also understands that Natasha died because she was sacrificing herself. And so she leaves and they have an understanding and the LARPers are trying not to get arrested and they recruit Jack. <laughs> so that's, that's fun. <laughs> and then you have Clint finally getting home for Christmas and bringing Kate along with him. And we have a moment. And Bucky the dog. Yeah, the oh dog yeah. has and, a name. And the dog. Yeah. And the dog. And you have the moment at the very end of the episode where she doesn't know what to call herself. And he just says, I have an idea. How about Ba-dum. roll credits? And then if you stick around for the post credit, you, you get, get slapped in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want to start there at the post credit? Because that's probably the biggest complaint about this episode. I, I, okay. I love me some musicals. I love me some musicals. When I say that I love musicals, I love musicals. I hate that. Hate it. Want to punch it in the face. Well, they wrote it that way because Clint was supposed to hate it. And the kids were supposed to be a bit annoyed by it. I mean, this is like the MCUing. It's almost like the MCU was taking a nod at uh, uh, Turn On the Dark. Turn Off the Dark. Or Turn Off the Dark, yeah. Because, honestly, I kind of want to see old Steve sitting in the audience going, Really? I want to see. I nearly died several times, and they do this to commemorate. I want to see like old Steve sitting in the audience. I want to see Bucky and uh, and Sam sitting in the oh, audience. All three just of them together, like, <laughs> just like really just sitting there going, uncomfortable. What? <laughs> just sit, yeah. I I mean, okay. So in the beginning, like it made sense, you know, to have. Clint there watching this horrendous thing and go, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. 
and what and watching Natasha be there and like that's the key Lou in and you know all of the memories come flooding back. That right. makes sense. Yeah. But this uh, I think that's that about sums it up for me. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and also less was more. You know, we didn't get the whole yeah. thing. They're flashing to the stage, flashing to the reactions. They leave. You can kind of hear it in the background. This is just, I don't know how many minutes it is. It felt, it's a full number. It felt it's a full like song. forever. And on one hand, you can kind of, I can kind of see, okay, hey, we, we, we filmed the whole thing. So why not? Why not just show the whole thing? Yeah. But on the other hand, and also it, it it's post credit, so that's good too. Let's see here. Yeah, the credits get all right. It looks like about five, uh, 52, 52, 30, 52, 15 around in there, and then it goes until uh, only only fifty six thirty. I mean, it, it's it's only four minutes, but it felt longer. Yeah, I, I wanted to see something, an end credit that would connect, either connect this episode with, or this series with the next whatever that they're planning to release, or something that was actually funny, which was not this. <laughs> well, <sighs> again, if you're going to do the whole thing, and it's cut like with no reaction shot from, from any of the family, you know, this is, this is cut as if this is the live performance of the thing. Um, if you're going to put it anywhere, that's where you put it. Yeah. No, you put it as an extras in your Hawkeye suggested details, extras. That's where you put it. (laughs) And you make an actual post credit. Like we've spent 10 years waiting for it. <laughs> and trained to watch. But sometimes they don't give us what we're wanting, you know? Sometimes they give us what they want to give us. Some you don't always get what you want. Sometimes you get what you need. We didn't need this though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh okay. So let's 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 we're gonna bring back the rating system. Um out of ten trick arrows or five trick arrows. What do we rate just the post credit? One. Out of five? We got a five trick arrows. I'll give it I'll give it two and a half, especially because there is so much heart and effort that got put into that. I'll give it a I'll give it a two. I'll kind of split the difference there. I'm glad you didn't say a solid four, Ben. Oh no. Putting it here does not ruin the show that's no no because it's a post credit so so we can like okay this is what we got moving along now unfortunately though it doesn't move the story forward no it right? doesn't it's almost like the the real post credit was the was the tags in at the end when he gave when he you know they show up at the ranch and he gives the watch to uh, one of the Scooby pal. Um, D- Daphne. No, it wasn't Daphne. Oh, Laura. She, was she Velma? His wife's name is Laura. 
yes, his wife's name is Laura. Let's call her Laura. But yes, I think she was Velma. Oh, Velma, yes. Okay, but anyway, she gives it. You know, he gives the 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 watch to like that whole scene. That actually felt like a, a post credit because it moved the story forward. You're like, who watch nineteen on it. That, you know what I wish that they had used as a post credit was that conversation out in the yard about, you know what I want my name to be is Lady Hawk or, you know whatever. that would have been a good post credit too. Yeah, yeah. So we're we just gonna do the episode in reverse, I guess. No, no, I just <laughs> okay. play this is as good a place of any to stop to start rather. So yeah. Okay. Um, there is some or was some conversation about. The watch and uh, Agent Nineteen or Nineteen with the shield thing being Mockingbird was a Mockingbird. Yes, mm-hmm. and that erasing Hey Girl from you know the MCU canon, and that's all not true. <laughs> Here, okay, yeah. So here's what we have: Mockingbird, right? is a character from the comic books and apparently is also agent 19 in, in the comics. And so in the comics, in the comics, her name is Bobby Morse. Her name is Bobby Morse. And that's also the name of mockingbird from agents of shield. And so by here's the other thing though, Bobby in the comics was married to Clint. They were a thing. And actually together they helped train and helped get started, uh, officially get started the uh, Great Lakes Avengers. And, and, you know, together they did that. Now their marriage wasn't doing very well, but they, yeah. Uh, also Bobby Morris started as a character in Kazar who is a jungle character from Marvel comics in the seventies. And she's also involved in uh, some early stories for uh, the man thing. So there's, there's that connection as well, but all this to say her name's not Laura. And so in, in the MCU, we now have people saying, Hey, ages of shield never was MCU. And here's more proof. And you're stupid if you think it was part of the MCU. And I say, no, I'm not stupid because it's very easy to explain this. And that is just that Agent 19 was never Bobby's agent number on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And also, Mockingbird was never a name that was used for Laura in Hawkeye. Nope. The only thing was... She had a watch, which that looks like a man's watch, but whatever. I'm going to, until something other comes of that watch, I'm not going to worry about it. It looks really big to fit on her. I have a couple man's watches that I wear. Okay. I'm not saying you can't wear them. I'm not saying she can't wear it. I'm just saying it doesn't, like, I would not have thought that was her watch which is part of the whole thing. You're supposed to supposed to be wondering why. I don't know. It well, was also that, that may have also been a choice as a misdirect 
So yeah, that's what I mean. Think, yeah. That's what I mean. It also, the only indication we get that it's that it's her watch is that he says, um, you need to keep your you need to keep better hold of your stuff. Doesn't ever say that she is agent nineteen. Well, the the implication is clear. She gets the watch, it's handed to her. She more than likely was Agent 19, which is fine. And even if she was Mockingbird, it could be that she was a Mockingbird. You know, we're doing the jokes about the Batman or a Batman. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't negate anything. This is this is the thing. I, I don't understand why some people are so quick to say this is something else that proves that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not part of the MCU. When we all know that it could go one way or the other, depending on how the wind blows through Kev Dog's hair or whatever. But for <laughs> us right now, you know, there's no reason for this to be one of those, those hints that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, there, there's nothing that contradicts its own narrative. Now it does contradict meta knowledge you might have, but it doesn't contradict its own narrative. Not with this watch, not with Laura, not with Bobby. It, it just doesn't. And, and speaking of intelligence agencies, to skip over to the James Bond universe, there's, I know I can think of one instance where M says, you're not the first 007 I've had. So, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it, it's possible that once an agent with that designation retires, another one fills it. I mean, or yeah, is assigned to it. The whole, that's been yeah. kind of the whole James Bond thing, you know. So, Doctors regenerate and James Bond 007s become new James Bonds. Yeah. So we do see me working backwards through the episode and, and this, this is the part of the whole thing is uh, the past coming back to haunt Clint and his family. It's the Ronan stuff coming back to haunt him, but also her own past coming back to haunt them. And I'm glad that they never said that Laura was once called Bobby. I'm glad that they never said that Laurel, Laura was once called uh, Mockingbird. But at the same time, even even then, we could still do some pretty pretty strong mental gymnastics to to make it work. It's not official. Agents of Shield still has not officially been kicked out of the MCU. The same with Daredevil and and all of them, which we do need to talk yeah. about differences between because it's something else people are saying is that this is not the same kingpin. And therefore, that's not the same Matt Murdock who were in the Netflix stuff. I've yet to see enough on screen to say otherwise. Exactly. We haven't seen enough. They the might, only difference they might I really see is, yeah, the only difference I see is that the Kingpin in this episode really loves those Hawaiian shirts. And you know what? I'm not going to say he's not going to wear a Hawaiian shirt every once in a while. That's his business. You know? <laughs> I really actually very much love Hawaiian shirts myself. Yeah, um, <laughs> that does not surprise me one bit, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I'd say 
if there is a difference, it's that he is very strong in this. Yeah. And takes an arrow, takes electricity, takes a car, all of it, you know, something that would kill a regular person. But and, and I love what he does with that first arrow, which he shoots that first arrow and it just sinks into his chest and he just breaks it off. He doesn't pull it out because you don't want to do that. You do not want to pull out. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you've been stabbed by something, it's best if you can to leave it in your body, wrap it up and, and then let let the professionals take it out. But he just breaks it. So it's still in him. <laughs> But, but it's not poking out of him to, you know, cause any, you know, problems as he's, he's trying to fight. But I have heard they say his power set's a little different. So five years ago, I mean. Exactly. No, you're, that's all you need to say. We don't know what happened, but all you need to say is it's been five years. At least at the very least, it's been five years. I was, except for some of the uh, the extraordinary things like surviving being hit by a car and electrocuted and such, there are situations where you can survive elect- being electrocuted. That too dangerous blast was seemed to be very, like, superhuman. But uh, I also wondered if he was wearing a bulletproof vest. And that's, or or some sort of protective vest underneath his shirt, and that's why... Uh, the arrows really didn't hurt him when they hit hit his chest. Well, that's the thing. You could mental gymnastics your way out of the whole thing. I could mental gymnastics that. I could, and, and I was expecting them to show a vest and they did not. But it's being hit by the car thing that really... The only mental gymnastics I could work around that is that he was on something. And, but the bomb, that would still leave scars. He's he's big, he's strong, and we don't know how strong. True. And and so until and even in Well, we do know he's strong enough to 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 decapitate somebody with a car door. Yeah, I was gonna say, even in the Daredevil, part of part of what made the the, the, the Netflix Daredevil stuff so gritty was the amount of violence that Vincent D'Onofrio, as Kingpin, put on the characters in that show. <laughs> he messed some people up really yeah. badly. Yeah. And you had a regular, quote-unquote, regular human being with Matt Murdock taking a lot of mm-hmm. of just damage, you know, and, and, and that's the same thing happened here. He's, he's a comic book villain. And again, until they show us something otherwise, which they might do, but they haven't yet. In my opinion, this is the same. And Matt Murdock is the same. And mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one thing that they did say about the Netflix series, all the Netflix series happens before the snap, all of it. And so whether we don't know who we don't know if they got snapped or who got blipped or whatever we don't know anything about that but everything from the Netflix series stuff happened before the snap and who knows what has happened in the time since then and the best way they can go about that is to keep it as vague as possible for as long as possible unless there's a story reason to tell of 
tell us that Matt Murdock or Luke Cage or uh, uh, Wilson Fisk got snapped or blipped or whatever doesn't matter. Does not matter. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, it's still all MCU. And we've talked about my time travel shenanigans and the, that agents of shield ended outside of prime timeline and ended up in a, in a variant timeline because of the time travel stuff that was going on. But they, they themselves went and said, this is a multiverse. You know, this is another parallel timeline that we're doing all the time travel stuff in. So yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it. Once they introduce the multiverse, almost everything fits almost everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is we're just at the beginning of this multiversal stuff. I have a feeling this, this multiverse and who, you know, what's the prime time limit. Those are questions we're going to be asking for a long time to come because they're very smart about, you know, stories within larger stories, which is why we keep watching these shows and going to these movies. So here's the one thing I'm wondering is echo Maya. Uh, I have not read much at all with her in the comics, but I do know that Kingpin and daredevil are both a part of her, her story. And so I'm wondering if the first place we're going to see Kingpin and daredevil show up is going to be in, in the echo Disney plus series that they've, that they've announced is going to happen. That was my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory and prediction thing is that she uses echolocation or she's, she's deaf, right? So she has to use her eyes and Matt Murdock is blind. So he has to use his hearing echolocation. I, I, I think we're going to see daredevil and Matt Murdock specifically show up in, um, in the Echo series. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was more Matt Murdock than it's her. Yeah, because this series actually, in some places, seems more like Kate's series as opposed to Clint's. So, and that does happen sometimes with these shows. Well, I think that's on purpose. Yeah. Um, because I, one of the things I realized about the MCU, it's that it's continuous the growth of the characters in the world is continuous, save for the five-year blip slash snap. But even then, there's growth there. Whereas something like Star Trek or Star Wars is not continuous. The growth in those shows, you know, they'll, they'll tell a bunch of stories in this time frame, and then they'll jump a whole, ahead and tell a bunch of stories in this time frame, and then they'll jump back and tell a bunch of stories right before this time frame. Um, whereas the MCU basically starts with uh, Iron Man, and you could draw a line all the way through till Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, yeah, might- um. Almost. There's a little bit of jumping back and forward. I would put the first um, Captain America movie and and Peggy Carter and even the the timeline for Guardians of the Galaxy movies are out of place. Like they were, if you look at what was released chronologically versus where the story fits chronologically, 
their stories fit much earlier than where they were released. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but my point still stands in yeah. that we're not jumping ahead a thousand years. Right. Or whatever. You know, or even, you know, we might still have... I mean, we're dealing with the same, like, 100 years, I guess, is a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah, um, and, and so there we're are not... Con- there are connections from those past things to the present, the so-called present right. things. Yeah. Right, and so that's a that's a that's a thing that is. I don't know that when you start getting into these time travel, you know, long, long overarching arcs, it's almost soap opera ish, which is why we're deeply invested in it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but this is why I was like the thing you're talking about, uh, Stuart, where the basically have a straight narrative line. And mm-hmm. as much as I love time travel and as much as I love multiverses, you know, I've been thinking about multiverses and thinking about like first being introduced to them in science fiction when I was young. And and then, you know, the mirror universe in, in Star Trek, we're just like, oh, man, there's. You know, this, this is so cool until you start really thinking about it. But, um, and by that, I mean, like the fact that time has been changed so much and yet all the same people are there. It it just doesn't, it breaks down. It breaks down because you can't go to, yeah. Anyway, um, point being once they started messing with that, I wasn't looking forward to that. I was hoping that they wouldn't get into time travel and that they wouldn't get into multiverse because of it can, if you're not careful, it can really cheapen story. Now Mm -hmm. they also were able to use it to augment the story. Now cheapen story would be, okay, we kill off Spider-Man, but then Tom Holland comes back from another universe and it's okay because we just have this other one over here and it's this basically the same guy. They use it to its fullest when they brought in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and, and gave us those, you know, fan service moments that who cares if it's fan service. It was so good, you know, so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it's the same thing with time travel where you can undo almost anything. And then when Endgame ended up being, Hey, we're going to use time travel to undo, but then we're not undoing it in the past. We're going into the past to grab things to come to the present to undo it. Uh, that's that's better. That's better. It's it's clever. It works. It allows you to to revisit these fans. So it, when you're doing these stories, you just have to be really really careful because it can cheapen things and make it so the stakes are much much lower, much much lower. But and they did that a little bit with Gamora and Endgame. Just a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. that that's going to cause an interesting storyline in Guardians of the Galaxy. But the question is, is Pete, Peter going to be able to regain that relationship with Gamora again? And that always, and we'll you see. know, yeah. I, I don't know if that can work twice. And what I will say to that is, I think the, the creative team behind the MCU starting at the top with Kevin Feige is much smarter than a bunch of nerds on the internet. (laughs) I think they know what we need rather than what we want. (laughs) Maybe, 
Maybe. We will see. Time will tell. And even smart people can make poor storytelling decisions. I'm, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Like I've had some, some of my favorite authors have, have made some very questionable decisions in, in whether, where they take their stories. So, Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm just saying that I think they, they have a better idea of what the stories they're trying to tell than we do. <laughs> and we're here trying to second guess. them. Yeah. So back to Hawkeye. <laughs> Yeah. Back to Hawkeye. Uh, we talked about Kingpin. Uh, anything more with Kingpin? I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio brings it. Yes. That guy. Except, for the, except for the action sequence towards the end where I'm like questioning a few things. And and still, I mean, I feel like that also calls to the Kingpin that I saw from the Spider-Man series when I was a kid. Because he was very invincible too, which I'm sure is based on the comics. So, I mean, that would... And and you said, Ben, there, it's been five years. We don't know what's happened to him. Except for that bit, Vincent D'Onofrio, mwah, just great performance. And you don't bring back Vincent D'Onofrio to kill him. Right. <laughs> well, and that He's, is, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't, if you're going to bring back Kingpin and you're just like, well, we really just want him to, you know, to whatever if that's all they wanted him to do they would have just made him a big bad tracksuit guy they wouldn't have made him kingpin kingpin yeah and the other thing too is we know that the kingpin from the defenders uh saga we know his his type of fighting style to be very r-rated and then suddenly he's in this sort of like pg-13 type style and you can't show blood, and we've seen him bleed in those series before. So you you ha also have to be careful in what you uh, translate. But I feel like they could have done better writing and and better choreography and and what happened to him in that in that sequence because that, that was just the one bit that I just was not thrilled with at all. Yeah. Well, I. Acting wise, he takes these like very few lines and and delivers uh, an impassioned and evil and emotional <laughs> uh, performance. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's Kingpin. Should we talk about Jack and Kate's mom? I love Jack. Kate's mom wants out Kate's mom also thinks that she's kind of justified in what she did. And I, I wish I could remember the direct quote because I, I wrote it down, but basically at the end, she's saying, I did all this to keep you out of danger. And then Kate's just says, uh, mom, this danger that's happening right now is because of you. You did this, but Kate's dad owed a bunch of money to Kingpin. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, to me, this whole like the mom owes a bunch of money or the, you know, is paying back debts to Kingpin. That sort of feels tacked on in that respect. It feels like they're trying to push Kingpin into this story, whereas it's not supernatural. 
that's a different show. But I think the weakest part of this whole series has been mom's motivation. You know, what, what is she, what is she, who is she? Do we care about her? No. (laughs) She's someone who did everything for her daughter, but did everything wrong. Like she's, she did evil things with evil people so that her daughter could have the lifestyle that her daughter was accustomed to. And she's a little, and she's also toxic with her daughter as well. Because at one point she says, you, you, she basically says you couldn't survive without money. And I'm like, "Eh, no, I think she could. She's, she's a smart kid. She, she'd be fine. But she, she talks down to Kate a lot and she knows Kate is very capable. Yeah, I don't know. I think this whole mom's motivation was, was, I mean, it was there, it's serviceable, but it was suspect. Yeah. There's so much going on. I feel like if this had been a movie, we wouldn't have had Kate's mom in it at all. It would have just been about Kate, Hawkeye, Yelena. And, and the three of them fighting around each other as they're also dealing with, with maybe Ronan stuff. And the mom would have been super supportive. Or Probably unsupportive, like, but barely there. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it, she wouldn't have been a part of the problem. She would have just been a part mm-hmm. of the background. Mm-hmm. But, and, and then the whole subplot of, well, I, I framed my, my fiance for you, but he's already out of jail. <laughs> so like that didn't even need to happen. And carrying a sword, like <laughs> what like was it? Weird, weird flex. That's what, what Hawkeye said. Weird flex because he he just got out of jail for allegedly murdering someone with a sword, and now he's walking around with a sword. It's not even a costume party. I mean, this is just a Christmas formal, right? And it's just like I carry a sword now. I actually liked Jack. TV Paul F. Tompkins way more than I cared about mom. And so I was, I was way more invested in what was this, you know, maybe on the second watch, of course, maybe that's what it was, but I was way more invested in him uh, than I was her. Yeah. On the second watch, I was like, Oh, Jack is a sweet guy. He does not deserve Kate's mom at all. He could do much better. (laughs) He could do a lot. <laughs> What's funny about that is he's the definition of a scrub. <laughs> so yeah. that's what TLC warned you about. Yeah, but I was like, it, it, at the same time, he's also a really sweet guy, and he's very sincere in in his relationships. And yeah. he comes off he comes off a bit smarmy, but I mean, you don't have to you know dig too deep before you you hit the sincerity there. I loved his interaction with the kid. I forget their relationship because I haven't, you know, binged these in a while. But his reaction with the kid and, and going, do you remember when you peed your pants at the Hamptons on the boat or whatever at the Hamptons? And the kid's like, no. Well, we all do. <laughs> well, I do. Everybody does. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, he's kind of this petty goof, right? Yeah, but he, the the actor. 
in, oh, in the yeah. hands of a lesser actor, it would have been a terrible performance. But he just, I mean, he saw that it's a campy character and he went for it. And then he, yeah, yeah, he, he went all out. And, <laughs> but you also have that moment where he says, Jack, your moment, your time has come. And he's ready to yes. go and fight with his sword. And it's PG-13 sword fighting, but it sounds like there's flesh being chopped. I mean, it's. Yeah. 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 And he also interacts well with the LARPers. <laughs> Well, because he's like, he's like what a LARPer ascribes to be, you know, wants to be, which is this guy right, yeah. who, who literally is able to walk around with a sword <laughs> in public <laughs> and have the confidence to do such a thing. And he's good and at not, it. Yeah. And he's good at it. And he's not going to get arrested. So good for him. Or he's not going to stay arrested. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's got enough money to where it doesn't matter, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So speaking about what matters, we need to talk about some of the things that matter before we run out of time and don't get a chance to talk Mm -hmm. about them. And the things that matter are really it's the relationship stuff. And Mm -hmm. this, again, there's just so much going on. And so some of this is setting up future things like the Maya and Kazi stuff. That's just setting up the future of a Netflix series starring Maya as echo you know and and guest starring potentially yeah yeah. so they have their final conflict over you know he deserves the stuff that she's getting in the family and and she is understanding that okay you were a part of uh bringing ronan to the place where my, my my father died and I, I was surprised that we didn't get to see. I thought we were headed toward a conflict with her and Hawkeye. Um, and, and and this is where s- there's just so much going on that some of it doesn't ring true. Like we don't get a resolution between her and and Hawkeye and, and Ronan. Now she does fire the bullet at Kingpin and gives us the who shot Jr. Uh anti who shot jr so like we we know who shot we're just wondering did did she hit or not um we don't even know who shot legitimately we don't know who shot he could have disarmed her we don't even know actually we really don't even know if she shot because it the camera panned away and then we heard the shot yeah the camera's up in the clouds i mean they can do whatever they want with it but until they say otherwise like she shot he fell to the ground but he's not dead i mean you know, you can't correct me if I'm wrong, but Kingpin is in, in the comics is always coming back, right? Well, yeah, I mean that's everyone in the comics is always coming back, and this where it gets a little bit weird. Where like, okay, Kingpin started as a Spider-Man villain, but turned into a Daredevil villain, and so where are we going to get the most catharsis from when we finally see Kingpin get defeated in the comics? Do we want to see Daredevil defeat Kingpin, or do we want to see Spider-Man defeat Kingpin? And it's the same thing here. Maya, do we want to see Maya defeat Kingpin or do we want to see Matt Murdock defeat Kingpin? They set up a thing where we want to see Maya do this. And who knows what we're going to see? Well, Matt doesn't want to kill, but she would go there. But we want to see Matt bring Kingpin down because they're they're enemies, you know. They're Yeah. 
So yeah. the the point being it it gets cluttered here. And and where I thought emotionally where we were going to go in this episode, we do go there with Yelena and Clint, but not with Maya and Clint. Now, the Yelena and Clint stuff makes the last two episodes of this series actually Black Widow Part 2. If, yeah. if Black Widow is Yelena's story, or, or if Black Widow is handing off the baton, you know, because often, you know, the sequel doesn't always have to have the main character from the first movie. Sometimes the sequel is about the main character's partner or whatever. And, and so last two episodes here is Black Widow Part 2. And oh, very much so. But we mentioned the last time that the person's presence, you know, Scarlett Johansson's presence, Natasha Romanoff's presence was felt throughout this entire episode, especially in that scene when Yelena is beating the tar out of uh, Clint on the ice. That's a, it's powerful. It's... And then he stopped her with a whistle. Yeah. Yeah, because he kept saying, I, I knew your sister, and she's like, I don't believe you. And then he reveals this very intimate detail that only she would know. Yeah, and it works, and it stops her, and they actually have the conversation that they needed mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was good. But it does get into my problem, which is she's coming after him because... Kate's mom hired her. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right. I think that this series may have just been overall better if Kate's mom was not that involved. I mean, it would have made more sense if Kingpin had hired her. You know? Here's yeah, because yeah, Clinton if I were if I were an was. editor with a red pen. I would have said, let's get rid of the mom stuff. We can maybe even get rid of the Jack stuff, but let's make this about Yelena and Mm -hmm. Hawkeye. Let's bring her in early on. If we want to bring in, let's bring in Maya and, and the whole Ronan thing. And, and it's, it's between it's, it's Hawkeye versus Maya with Kate and Yelena, Yelena in the middle. And, when he so then Kate obviously is on Hawkeye's side and Yelena is kind of coming from the opposite direction of you ruined my life because you killed my sister and Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld just hired me or just gave me information about how to get you and now this is what I want to do is get you I'm here because of me I'm not here because someone's mom hired me so that you would stop doing dangerous Avengers missions with her. And then Kingpin can be a part of that too. You bring in Kingpin, have him be a part of it. And you have Maya realize, Oh, Ronan came there because of Kingpin and, and Kazi or whatever. And, and somehow you need to have a conflict resolution for Maya and Hawkeye. And maybe it's as simple as, when they're done, it's okay. I still don't like you. I still want you dead, 
but you helped me get kingpin and so i'm going to let you live for now or so i don't know uh you know i'm just doing this off the top of my head right now but it just feels like it was so cluttered and there was just so many different things going on that while we were on the journey we didn't realize it until we get to this moment here and it's like i i almost feel like there isn't resolution to the story because we have maya just going off and doing her thing with kingpin and it's just what was the confrontation in the last episode when Clint pulls off the Ronin mask and says, you know, to Maya, stay away from my oh, family? Oh, you know, I right. forgot all about that. I don't even remember how that resolved. He told her that it was her boss that had set her dad up, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he still killed the dad, but he gave her new information about her family. Kingpin. Yeah. Um. I forgot all about that at last episode. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess that's the reason why they won't necessarily. She doesn't need to go after after him anymore. But again, why set her up in the first place then? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Who else should we talk about? We talked about Yelena and Clint. Maybe we should spend a little more time there with Yelena and Clint. Because their fight is, that's brutal. Like that was not quite Netflix level, but the, it's even more tragic when you have a fight where it's, you know, if the one side would just listen to reason, they'd stop, but they're not stopping. And on the other side, you've got someone who doesn't want to fight because they know the whole story. And this is why Clint's a hero. What needs to happen is he needs to figure out how to get her into the movie theater to watch Endgame. No? No, it would help. Yeah. <laughs> Just that scene. And then, and then like, have her go, no way, that's Red Skull? Just like we all <laughs> Well, I think first she would need to know about Clint and his losing his family in the downward spiral that, that his sister saved him from. And then, and then watch the scene on that planet about the fight to the self-sacrifice. She she would she would she would not let him live that hair that mohawk thing down though. She would not let that happen. <laughs> yeah, I I agree, but it works. The whole thing works. Because she can't know that. Right. And she doesn't trust him. But this is where I wish we could have spent more time with her. Maybe bring in Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. Because that's what we're expecting. She shows up in Black Widow. She shows up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Why doesn't she show up in this? I don't know. And that's where, again, thought we were going in one direction with this thing. And we it's not even that we weren't going in that direction. It's just, we just didn't get there into the destination that I thought we were going to. Was that a COVID thing? I don't know. Maybe, or maybe it's just that there, some of these resolutions are meant for other series or other movies. It's possible. It's possible. But if you're looking at this as a self-contained six episode story, which you have to judge things in both ways, you know, like a Marvel movie 
you need to be able to sit your butt in that seat and enjoy a story. And a Marvel series, unfortunately, it feels like is just intended to like sell more series sometimes as good as it might be. And, and Hawkeye is good. And the ending here is pretty good because of the Elena Clint stuff and the, and the Kate Clint stuff. That's what makes this mm-hmm. series work. The other stuff is just added extra that, you know, is for, for future setup and okay, sure. But that whole, the post credit with Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld, uh, feels like the post credit with general Ross that happens in the incredible Hulk when Tony Stark shows up and is like, Hey, we're starting a thing with super things. And, and then they have to go back and retcon it because it didn't really fit with what they ended up doing. And that's what I feel like happened with the black widow post credit. So it doesn't really fit with what they ended up doing. Yeah. Again, you don't hire Elaine Bennis. To be in three cameos. <laughs> mm. Or two. You don't. You don't. But why Why do you hire her? Well, because sooner or later there's another show. Because <laughs> you're selling series. That's See, that's the thing. This would not have happened ten years ago. Because where would they have put a series ten years ago? Had to have been on ABC, right? Or Which cable. is why, or, but over-the-air broadcast. You weren't making series for streaming services where you could dump them all in one shot or meter them out specifically. But you didn't have control over it like you do now. So, like, Disney Plus is the perfect area to release as many Marvel series as you want. Because you know that people are gonna, you've already got their thirty bucks a month or whatever it is, to to pay for it. Thirty bucks a month is a lot. Please don't quote me on that. <laughs> no, I think it's like eight bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cheaper than thirty for sure. But yeah. I I just the danger, and this is this is just the danger, not just of Marvel, but of of everything. You know, even Star Trek was was. You have some of that going on with Star Trek where a season is just there to give you a cliffhanger for the next season of Discovery. And that's why I was so pleasantly surprised with the most recent season of Discovery. I'm not going to get any specifics, but when season four of Discovery ends, you feel like, oh, I just finished a complete story and there's no dangling plot threads. You know, there might be some things about, well, wonder what's going to happen to that character over there when they do that thing over there. But it, the story itself is done. Now it was drawn out story that should have been done in three episodes or something, but yeah, that's, that's the new storytelling is we're using it. We're using this thing that you like to set up three more things that you're going to like and, and, and hold on to your, your subscription. That is a complaint I have about the Mandalorian stuff is that, I, I dug Mandalorian, you know, him and Grogu off doing adventures. And then Boba Fett came along. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And the, oh, wait, that's just season three of Mandalorian. Yeah, that, that sh- ticked me off. It should have been the Mandalorian colon book of Boba Fett. Yes. Yeah. And then you can yes, do, yeah, your first four episodes 
Mandalorian doesn't have to be in it, but we know he will be. And it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I still haven't seen the last episode of that. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) It's worth watching. It's worth watching. It's fun. And so is Hamilton, and so is Encanto, and so are the Daredevil series. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. It's worth watching. Yes, I am also saying. (laughs) 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 We're getting into saturation. You know, is, is, are all of these series too much? And the answer is we don't know. That's the danger. Yeah, that's the danger. We're still going to watch them, but you know, is, is random person off the street going to watch Hawkeye? Maybe. I guess that's kind of how comics work, right? Is random person off the street going to pick up Hawkeye, the series Hawkeye? Or are they going to be like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe they saw the front cover. It's like, that's kind of a cool front cover. And we look at it. I don't know. Yeah. Don't shop a lot of comics. Is so this is, this is where I'm interested in finding out where is Moon Knight going to go for us? Because Moon Knight, there's a couple things going against it. One is, as much as everything is all connected, and Moon Knight will be connected in probably in the same similar way that the Eternals was, where it's pretty standalone, but they talk about things over there that happened over there, current events kind of thing, you know? Like um, the incident? Yeah, they, they talk about current events, but you don't need to really know what they're talking about in order to understand the movie. Now that doesn't mean that it's super easy to understand that movie. Uh, Cause there's a lot going on there, but, um, but moon Knight, the other thing that's going against it is I don't know of anybody who's going to be like, Oh man, I got to get Disney plus. Cause of moon Knight. No, that, let, that I mean, conversation- there, there might be some old school comic book fans who would say that, but Whereas you did have people saying that about Baby Yoda. The only way that Moon Knight is going to be the draw for new subscribers to Disney Plus is if there's a bunch of people going, you gotta see Moon Knight. It is, you know, fill in the blank here. Um, All of your expectations are met and all that sort of stuff. An, An alternative would be, oh, Oscar Isaac starring in this. I like the stuff he's in. Usually I want to see it because he's in it. That is definitely a draw. You are right. Samantha. Yeah. yeah. And he is one of those actors that if he's in something, I want to see it. I don't have that same draw. <laughs> I, everything that I've seen him in, I wanted to see independent of him. I wanted to see Dune. I saw Dune. Oh, look, he's there. I was already going to see the star Wars movies. Cause I'm of that age where you just, it's a new Star Wars movie, just, just the bell. It's the bell. What are you going to do, right? I don't care that your tongue is stuck to the pole flick. It's the bell. But, okay, all that said, you still like him in almost everything you've seen him in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and like he was also in, uh, again, I didn't see this movie because of him, but he was in, Annihilation. Fantastic standalone sci-fi movie. Very weird. 
very interesting. Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, check it out. It it has him in it, and it's Natalie Portman. She's the lead, and it is just this kind of old school, spooky sci-fi thing. But you could also. It almost feels like it's a Miyazaki movie in some ways, too, with the creature design and stuff. And yeah. One of the earliest things I remember him in was The Nativity Story, which is based on uh, around the stories of the birth of Jesus. And he was cast as Joseph. And that's, it was a really beautiful interpretation because I think he looked at the right at the stories about Jesus later in his life and said, okay, what kind of man, human man would have to be a role model for this person? So you can see the echoes of Jesus and, and Joseph, because in the, in the Bible, we actually have very little details about what kind of person he was. And it's just a really beautiful, heartbreaking cry, ball your eyes out performance. And I didn't even realize that was him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, that's that's the point. That's where I'm kind of getting with this. We've described several different versions of Oscar Isaac, none of which have been like Oscar Isaac's performance coup d'état. You know, we've described movies around him. Nothing has been like, you've got to see this because Oscar Isaacs is amazing. But he brings a credibility to moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I, yeah. Point being moon Knight itself is kind of the first real risk that Disney plus is taking with their original content. Loki was risky because it's funky and weird, but not risky because it's Loki and Tom Hiddleston Falcon and winter soldier very much MCU style. The the reason and, I got Disney Plus. <laughs> and, and the same here with Hawkeye, WandaVision. Okay, they took some risks with WandaVision too, but there was a lot of buzz with it, and it had characters that were, you know, they're very much connected to the it's all connected. Moon Knight. I'm very curious what the reception is going to be for that show. And we don't have to wait that much longer. It's coming soon. Coming soon. I almost put Moon Knight in the same category as Morbius. In the same sort of like corner of the Marvel thing. Like I have a hard time going, oh wait, that's actually an MCU property. Officially an MCU property. Yeah, yeah. Not like not like Morbius, which is or Venom, which is like, oh well maybe uh I don't know. But like I have a hard time going in my head. Moon Knight is officially an MCU property. Yeah. And and who knows, we might get to episode six or whatever of Moon Knight and be like, Oh, yeah, they're just setting up Man Thing, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> No, ben, I, I don't think I'd be very, very disappointed would about say that, that at all. But. Or we can just get to the end of Moon Knight and be like, oh, man, this series is so amazing. I want to see a second season. Well, I definitely I kinda, hope that's what happens. Yeah, me too. I kind of dig the idea of it being separated. 
you know, yeah. it, it, like Cloak and Dagger, like Runaways, existing in the same universe, not having all the baggage of an Avengers saga. Now, don't get me wrong, all the baggage of Avengers saga that we just dealt with in Hawkeye, I loved. But that's because it's it's familiar. Well, for the time being, we're just going to have to wait and see with Moon Knight, and we're going to have to wait and see with Echo, and we're going to have to wait and see. Well, we're going to have to wait and see with everything. Like, it's just, <laughs> and that's what they want us to do. They want us on, our, on the edge of our seats waiting to see who shot JR. Or, in this case, did KP get shot at all? Was that his body you heard plump on the ground? Well, actually, plump was a very bad onomatopoeia because he's a large man, but. You know what I'm seeing, you know, like he, he's thumped to the ground and was that him? Was it her? So we need to finish talking about Hawkeye though. Yeah. Anything more, anything more to talk about Hawkeye? Spider-Man connections, no way home connections. We started talking about this last episode. I wanted to finish it this episode cause I was going to talk about spoilers. I want to talk about it now. Talk about it. Okay. Rockefeller Plaza shows up at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. And if you're going to argue with me about that, I have a YouTube clip. I'm going to send you your way right now. And Are you sure can... it's the same year? I'm not sure about the same year, but it's the same plaza. And you can skip ahead to uh, 3 minutes, 12 seconds. I'm going to make a note in that in our chat. But... He swings through there, and there's a tree up. Uh, I'm still on board for this happens right around the same time. He could have been swinging through that plaza minutes before uh, Clint and Kate went in there. On the other hand, this past Christmas, somebody in, in our world, the real world, tried to burn down, or they did burn down the, the tree in the Rockefeller Center, and they had a new one up in a couple days. You have real-world information supporting, possibly, that if the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Plaza is knocked over, well, they could have another one in a couple days. So, Peter could have swung through a couple nights before or a couple nights after. I think it's a couple nights after. Well, but there is a lot of time that passed between the main events of the movie and that scene, though. I mean, you're... There's, yeah. a, there's a whole sequence, though, where... Uh, Pete's traveling through space. I don't think necessarily time, but there's a sequence with that when he's tangling with uh, uh, Doctor Strange where you see Pete going through a mall and you hear Christmas music. Yes. Yeah. So now that I think about it more, maybe No Way Home happened right before this finale. Because you see Pete in Christmas time, which usually leads up to Christmas Day, but this series ends on Christmas Day. And plus they were released the same year, which makes me think that they happen at the same time. And in, and until, unless they say otherwise, I'm going to guess that these two, the movie and the series happened about the same time. Or at least the, the end of the, of the movie ended very close to um, the events of, of the ending of the series. Yeah, because, I mean, at one point, um, he's flying through downtown New York or whatever, and you see advertisements for Rogers the Musical. Yeah. 
it's interesting that it's interesting that it doesn't perfectly line up, and it's interesting that it almost almost perfectly lines up. So we keep talking about it. Yeah, did its job. And I know we had that conversation about. Uh, Elena said that, oh, I want to go see the new and improved Statue of Liberty. I, I think that was really a very sarcastic comment. Nothing Elena says is sarcastic. Just want to say that. Oh, anyway. Everything, everything she Elena says. says is sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what else? Before we, we're going to have to close this down pretty soon here. But yeah. But I got that, nothing that's, else. That's the one bullet point I really wanted to get to. After just about everything else that we spoke about. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, is this a strong six episode series? Yeah. It's a strong six episode series. I, I feel like it'd be a stronger two and a half hour movie. Mm. I Well, that's, that's, that was the plan originally. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how far they got with like scripting and stuff before they change that to, to that plan. But um, yeah. Yeah. I could see, I could see this being a two and a half hour movie. Um, I could also see it being uh, a little, what's nice about it being six episodes is that it does have that time to breathe and it does give you a sense of it being longer than just a few, you know, longer than a, a little bit. Like, it does give you that, that sense that it's, you know, taking up a lot of his time and he just wants to get back home. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I was wondering, like, would this be something that could easily go into rotation for, like, every Christmas? And and the answer is, not really. It's it's very long. The last episode, maybe. 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 I'd much rather watch Iron Man 3 again. Or Batman Returns. <laughs> or Batman think Returns. Either yeah. of those sentences has ever been said before. I'd much rather watch Iron Man three. Or around, or honestly, I'd rather watch Die Hard again. That That's is a Christmas the, movie, though. Yeah. I will die on that hill. It is a Christmas movie. Yes. Yeah. So I I don't know if this is going to get a rewatch next Christmas. The mood of the whole thing definitely is there, but it just, yeah, it's. I enjoyed watching it for sure. I don't know if I'll rewatch it, but I enjoyed watching it and I might go back and watch a little bit of something here and there, depending on what, you know, for research purposes, but. The idea of going and sitting down and watching, rewatching anything that's not Star Trek just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Maybe as a Christmas in July, but usually when it comes to December time, I can't even sit down and watch everything I want to in December. So, right, yeah, that's. I mean, talking about rewatching, oh, that's the other difficulty with a series like this. It is much easier to sit down and rewatch a movie, or to sit down and rewatch an episode of an episodic TV show. But you said Star Trek, Stuart, and you're right. Like, I will sit down and watch Next Generation, original series, even Voyager or DS9. Although DS9, toward the end, there was a lot more serialized storytelling going on. 
but I don't see myself rewatching the beginning series or the beginning seasons of, of discovery for sure. Except for maybe some of the Pike episodes to rewatch Hawkeye is a commitment to six more hours again, six hours again with Hawkeye. And I'd re- rather rewatch Lord of the Rings. Like if I'm going to do something like that, Lord of the Rings, we're rewatching fellowship of the ring right now with, with me and my kids. And I just forgot how fabulous yeah. it is. There's been a couple moments where it's like, Oh, that feels a little dated right there, but only a couple. And it's just so wonderful. And if I'm going to rewatch something that's this long, it needs to be something that is just, just that good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't see myself returning to Hawkeye. Honestly, I don't see myself returning to Loki, even when Loki season two comes. Again, unless there's a unless there's like a specific reason, but then we won't we won't binge it all the way through. Yeah, because like my special reason for watching episodes of Discovery are because I enjoyed those Pike episodes, and we have Strange New Worlds coming that has Pike in it, and but even then, I don't think I will, and. With with Loki, WandaVision, of course, WandaVision is not getting a season two. It's been confirmed. Yeah, we that was that a, out today. Yeah, that, that's been confirmed to be a one-shot uh, limited series, which is, there's no problem with that. I mean, there's so much going on. We're, we're just, we're just getting, like, we're, we're gluttons now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's so much stuff. And we're getting the Agatha Harkness House of Harkness series anyway. That's technically, I, you could say, a spinoff or a sequel series. But I would like to see them. Well, I mean, I know why they're making series is to keep us entertained, right? But I think I'd rather see them make movies. <laughs> but that's my personal opinion. But they are. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, there's a lot of movies coming out too. So, yeah. Okay, so let's rate this series. How many? You get your quiver of five arrows. And how many arrows out of five are you giving the entire Hawkeye miniseries? Hmm, maybe 3.75. You're going to break an arrow into and, and, and three quarters? Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. It's my rating. You're I'm very well- <laughs> wasteful with your arrows, though. Those arrows cost money. No, then she's what then she's gonna do is is flick like a penny at one and make it explode. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's a solid four. Like I I hate to use your words, Ben, but I I don't think it was perfect by any means. But I had a really good time watching it, and it may be it may be a rewatch in this in the winter time, but we'll see. I would go with a solid four too. And a big, big part of this is what I was not expecting, which is the whole Clint Kate relationship. So much fun. The whole Kate Yelena relationship. So much fun. The whole, uh, Natasha, Yelena, Clint conundrum. Very emotional. 
yeah. So there's, there's a lot of good stuff in it, but yeah, it's not perfect. And, and I, I am curious of all of the Marvel Disney plus series that we've seen so far. I don't know which of the, of them I would most likely rewatch. Like imagine you get to, you get to choose one of these, the DVD box set for one of these is going to get dropped off with the food and water that you need on the desert Island where you're waiting for someone to come rescue you. Which one of these four DVD box sets are you going to Falcon and Winter Soldier? Samantha. Mm, that would be a hard choice between one division and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And and see, I'm 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 looking and thinking it's between WandaVision and this, but I don't know. But then Loki had so much like mood stuff that was just oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and Loki also has a lot of stuff that's already shown up in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. I think we're gonna we're gonna come May we're gonna watch Multiverse of Madness and go okay. We gotta revisit some Loki, <laughs> or the, like the last couple episodes of Loki, at least. That conversation with Kang, or the guy at the end of the, what is his name? Because it wasn't Kang; it was like he who was left, or something like that. Or yeah, it was. It was uh, he who a, remains. A, one of his he who yeah, remains. He who yeah. remains. Yeah, it's gonna be. Bet- We're gonna have to rewatch that sequence. I think. Part of the reason we got so none of us chose WandaVision is we watched the mess out of WandaVision. We watched that, you know, three or four times an episode just to catch everything. Um, I would love to see them do another another episode, another series like that, like that. But I think that was a lightning in a bottle that you're not going to catch. Oh, yeah. Guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, you can't do it twice because... Part of the the setup for the whole series was the change in style for every episode. And he kind of, yeah, it's lightning in the bottle. You really can't catch it twice. Well, here's what we do have is a pretty decent series. This mm-hmm. is definitely going to hopefully bring us a sequel. But we also have characters here who are being set up to be replacement Avengers. Yeah. Yes. That's the other thing I was talking about, right? Um, with with uh, the continuous storytelling thing. This is a chance to grow. This is a chance to say goodbye to our good friends and meet some new friends and have those friends meet each other. And that's going to be real fun. You know, like, there's going to be an Avengers movie where Kate Bishop is the arrow-slinging person. Um, Yelena is the, is the plucky friend of Kate Bishop and they're off doing super spy things. Um, Sam Wilson's Captain America. He's leading the charge. There's going to be a new iron person and you know, iron heart. We've got a a Disney plus series coming. Right. And she Hulk's going to be in there too. So there's going to be a new Avengers movie and it's going to have all the same Avengers in it. Just they're going to have different faces and that's going to be a fun time. Yes, but it's not on the slate. So We'll see how long it takes us to get there. Uh, hopefully Fantastic Four and X-Men don't cause us to have to wait even longer. But we will see. We That's will the see. great thing about this franchise. 
Yeah. Unlike All right. Other franchises. Well, final words, about. lady, gentlemen. I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey, Tazzle, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Julie, Andrew, and Dave. Thank you all so very much. I still like macaroni and cheese with Tabasco sauce on it. Okay. <laughs> that just... I just know. <laughs> it just... No. Ben, what he, he eats won't make you fat. <laughs> also, I've never had that. <laughs> I just like the idea of it. You've had a variation, I'm sure, where it's like Mexican macaroni and cheese, where it has like the uh, the taco meat sauce mixed in with with macaroni and cheese. And there are ver- a lot of the same. Well, not quite all of the same spices, but I mean, it has a similar spiciness to it. It's just a little bit hotter. Sure, Ben. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you like to wrap this episode up? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say we know that they're going to be making a whole bunch more of these things, just a whole mess more of these things. And Marvel, all I have to say to you is this. Your mess is my mess. I'm not going anywhere until this is finished. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one 5 level 7 That's one 553 8357 Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and Godspeed. Okay, so Stuart, you're you're bowing out here, and we're going to talk about the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Have fun talking about Batman. Later. Bye, guys. Let's just do a quick spoiler-free. Um, what'd you think? Do you recommend it? Did you like it? I do recommend it. It's just I, I this episode's run so long already and I want to talk more about it because there's so much in style and character development and if you like okay so let me put it this way if you like uh, let me see what I have seen that I saw influenced in it Halloween seven zodiac <laughs> I mean these are things I was not expecting to be an influence on it see what else of course you know batman comics um i think year one was a was an influence but oh definitely in, yeah although but, this uh, wasn't year one but yeah it was no, definitely an, an influence on it yeah i'm not uh, what i know about the comics i know entirely from the animated movies or series so yeah i knew i knew certain details about selena going into this movie because I have already seen Long Halloween.
Yeah. Yeah. Like things uh, like that. It's just a really artful movie. It's a really long movie, but yeah. the there's an artistry in it. There's a thematic flow to it from beginning to end. Um, there's a lot of darks and reds and the sound design when Batman comes on the scene, you're just like, Oh man, like this is, it's like a monster movie, you know, like you're yeah. talking about with Halloween, but even Godzilla, you know, like it's just, Oh wow. Here's, here's something intimidating coming. And the, the way that they set it up where it's not year two necessarily, even in my, I don't know what year he's, he's in right now, but oh, it it states in in the, in the first five minutes here too because okay. he has that that um, well I don't want to give it away well it's it's kind of like a <sighs> it's in the first five minutes that you learn that it's it's his second year being Batman but it's early on in his career he's still making mistakes but yeah. people know of him and criminals are absolutely worried that he might be coming, you know? And so there's, there's some, he's, he's had an influence on the city of Gotham, but he's still learning, but man, oh man, the sound design, there were some moments where I was shaking in my seat because of just the rumbling of the the sound design and just a fantastic theater experience, honestly. Yeah. And, and then you have the story that goes along with it, which, which is also pretty good and more detective-y than most other Batman movies have been for sure. Yeah. The same cinematographer for Rogue One was the, was the cinematographer for this movie too. And I was watching, I've watched a lot of reaction videos on YouTube and one noted that and then compared the the Darth Vader fight sequence in Rogue One, where it's only lit by the lightsaber, to one of the fight sequences in this movie where it's only lit by gun flare. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a lot of choices like that throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah, so the Batman is, in my opinion, one of the strongest DC movies we've had in a long time. Even though it is three hours long, it does feel like you could cut. You could easily cut a half hour out of that, I think, and and not lose too much. But there's a rumor everything, of a four-hour every, cut, somewhere. which I would watch. But yeah, uh, everything that's in it is necessary, though. Like you could go through and do a, a shorter cut, but. I'm glad that they let him keep everything in it that he wanted to keep in it because there's not a wasted scene. Everything is pushing forward character arcs and plot and yeah. And, and the mystery, you know, there's just, there's just good stuff going on there. So. Yeah. If I had to cut out anything, I would cut out some of Selena's storyline. But then again, if you did that, you might cut out about five minutes and that would not make much of a difference. At this and point. there's some thematic things going on with her storyline that. That's right. Yeah. Work with other things in the rest of the movie. And, you know, there's just the script, especially the plot and the acting and just all of it, it just really carries it along. 
but I could see, you know, it not being something that everyone would enjoy partially because of length, you know, and if you're sitting in the theater and you have to go to the bathroom, then that's a three hour movie. <laughs> you know, here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I did not buy an IC this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. But yeah, I I had a friend over the we- weekend ask me because um, she was going to she finally got a babysitter and she was going to go to the movie with her husband and she's like, okay, we're trying to decide, Spider Man or Batman and I was like, honestly, they're both really great and Spider Man it's there's a lot of legacy stuff and it's it's a lot funnier and there's um it's a lot brighter in tone. But Batman's very dark, but it's also just as good, in my opinion. Yeah, I I don't recommend it to everyone because there's a lot yeah. of, there's violence, but there's also just the dark tone for the movie. Yeah. But with all that said, it's it's a strong, strong movie, and I really appreciated that it's stood on its own. Yeah, I, and it's so different than than Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, they're both yeah. wonderful superhero movies in very different ways. And I appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. it a lot. And this movie too has also made me rethink, okay, which one's my favorite Batman? And Michael Keaton unfortunately has gone way down the list. I would say overall my favorite Batman, Kevin Conroy. And if you're like, who is that? He originally voiced Batman and Batman the Animated Series. And they keep bringing him back for things, too. Yeah, uh, he he's a legacy actor for, for the Batman anything. But the one thing that I did not like about the Ben Affleck version is how he used guns and how, how extra violent he was. In some ways, I think he was more violent than Robert Pattinson's Batman. And it's because he... he used guns, and he killed people willy-nilly. And I was like, wait, this is not right, because I, where Michael Keaton was my first exposure to Batman, it was really the animated series that really felt, I felt settled me into the character. And so my vision of what Batman is, is from the animated series. And in that series, the only time you ever see a gun is... The Joker's use uses one, and it's because it's a Tommy gun, and the animators or or the the creators of the series originally said no guns, no deaths, and so you you don't you see some martial arts, you might see ex- explosions every now and again, or a lot, but you really don't see that many guns being used to kill people, and or actually not even really at all at all, and then. Last summer I went to, or summer maybe? Uh, last Sometime last year, I, I re-watched some of the animated series, and then I sat down and I watched the the Snyder version of Batman with, with Ben Affleck, and I was like, this is not, this guy is not the Batman I know at all. And I feel like that the Robert Pattinson version sort of bridges me between the two. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like the one thing with Robert Pattinson is that his Bruce Wayne is is something that's going to have to grow next movie. Like they're going to have to do yeah. some, some more with that, but his Batman wow. Yeah, there is some good stuff. So. All right. 
got any more to say or we should we uh close this one down yeah go see the batman if you can and and, and don't get an icy <laughs> or a drink <laughs> yeah yeah and i would say i mean it's going to be coming on on hbo max at some point in time i don't know exactly when but you'll yeah there's already a date it's mid-april so it will be on hbo max soon so you it will you will be in a situation where you can pause and and do what you need to and but like like joker and and it, it's not part of the dceu it's right. it's its own thing and that's that's something i appreciated so yeah cool all right well let's close this down thank you so much samantha talk to you later thank you good night thanks for listening everyone godspeed <laughs>